Thank you for downloading the podcast edition of the Community Baptist Church Service for Sunday morning, June the 15th, Father's Day. Our message this morning has been delivered by our pastor, Dr. Tim Hobbs. He speaks on Freely You Have, Freely You Give. His scripture reference comes from Matthew 10, verses 1 through 8. Our special music this morning is by Reverend Jerry Martin, who gives a tribute to his father, the late B.E. Martin, in singing, My Heavenly Father Watches Over Me. We now unite with the worship service in progress.
Let us pray. Oh God, that is the prayer of our hearts that we would see Jesus today. That we would worship you. That we would say to you in some meaningful way that we love you. But we must admit, oh God, that sometimes we come into this place with much on our minds and a great weight upon our shoulders. And sometimes that gets in the way of true worship. And so, God, we pray today that you would remove those things from our lives that would put up a barrier between us, that you would remove those things in our lives that would hinder us from seeking your presence and experiencing your presence in a very great way today. Open our eyes, O oh God, that we may see you today. Open our ears that we may hear you today as we worship you, as we adore you, as we say to you, we love you. Amen. Today is a special day because we're going to have a uh, baby dedication in just a few moments. Um, and so you parents and grandparents and godparents, be prepared for that. Um, uh, but before we do that, I have a little special thing that we want to offer to our dad. So, Timmy, if we can show that video for just a second and then we'll have our baby dedication. not sure how to follow that, but <laughs> but we have come to that part of our service that we would like to dedicate uh, many babies, a number of babies today. So parents and grandparents and godparents, bring your children to the front here. Come on, come on. Come on up front, up front. Tim. Come on up. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> come on up. All of you. Hey, Tim and Jennifer, you want to bring Alicia up? 
Oh, there she's in the back there. <laughs> wow, you know what? I believe. No, I don't believe. I know that this is the largest number of babies I've ever dedicated in one service. And that's a great blessing, isn't it? So I think let it, let's thank these parents. <laughs> Okay, um, there they come. There comes Alicia. <laughs> the hardest thing that I've ever tried to do is to be a good parent. That's a statement that I have heard many, many times before, and, and I know that to be true from my own experience. Bringing up a, a child in, today, uh, in today's changing world is not an easy task at all. And uh, caring parents are faced with the overwhelming responsibility of, of helping to develop to, uh, the personality of their child and helping their child to build character and show love and to respond positive, positively to, uh, to Christ and to Christ's church. And that's why the affirmation and the support of the church is such an important thing. And in a service like this, in a dedication service like this, we recognize the dual responsibilities shared by parents and by the congregation in shaping a child's character. And so this service is a dedication of the children to God, and it's also a commitment on the part of the parents to raise their children in a godly fashion, and it's a commitment on the part of the church to support and to encourage to love and to nurture the parents of these children. So with that in mind, we will dedicate these children. And I'm going to introduce them to you over... Usually, you know, when I do this, I take the child and kind of walk out into the congregation. I can't juggle that many kids today. But over here are the Williams, Tim and Jennifer Williams and Jasmine. Jasmine is the the youngest one there, and Aaron. I, I, what did I say? I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Alicia. Jasmine's over here. <laughs> John and Amy Sugg and Solomon. This is Eddie Marcy and Gracie Nation. Um, here, we, we got a bunch up here with Jasmine, don't we? Brad and Nicole and Ed Al and, uh, and Jasmine. Uh, here we have Kimberly, uh, Keach, and Wyatt. Over here are some grandparents and aunts. Uh, you recognize them. This is Georgia Spaulding's grandparents and aunt. Um, and they're Amy, uh, Amy and uh, Dan Henry with Blake Henry. Uh, these are wonderful additions to our congregation, and we are very proud of you. And now if you would join me. Uh, parents is very easy. All you have to say is we do. And there is a response by the congregation at the end. So let, let's join in dedicating these children uh, to the Lord and dedicating ourselves to their nurture. Parents, do you desire earnestly that your child grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? As parents, do you covenant together with God to bring up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord 
and to assist your child in growing as did Jesus in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and humanity. Because you desire for your child a knowledge of the scriptures and a loving, obedient attitude toward God and and God's son, Jesus Christ, do you promise to use your home and the organization of the church to accomplish this task? And now a charge to the congregation, recognizing the responsibility that you have as a congregation towards each child. Do you agree to love and protect them? seeking always to manifest towards them a Christ-like spirit? Do you promise that by giving your time, talents, and money, you will do your part and help provide spiritual instruction and Christian training? If you accept this responsibility, will you indicate by standing if you are able? We, the church pledge to commit ourselves to nurture these parents and their children, to provide opportunities for training and growth in parenting and family enrichment, and to offer them our support and our loving concern. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you so much for these beautiful children and these loving parents who have brought them into this congregation. We thank you, oh God, for the lives that they have ahead of them, and we pray for them. We pray your blessings upon these families. We pray, O God, that you would bless these children and bless these parents as they seek to raise these children in the way that you would have them to go. Thank you, O God, for the blessings of life and especially for the blessings of these little ones. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you. Be seated. We want you to know that there were special preparations in nursery today, so we have got that place. I started to say manned, but no, we don't. We have it women. Uh, we have a lot of helpers in there today, so anybody who wants to use that, we encourage you to do that. And uh, later after our hymn, uh, we have just before our offering, kids and children, can they go to Children's Church that are second grade and below? We would welcome you to do that as well. And uh, boys and girls, you're going to be over here. Miss Mary Dunham is going to be with you today. If you come over this area, you can sit on the floor or sit on the seats, however you wish. If you've never been here before and want a helper to come with you, that would be great. Do you guys want to come up? No. Okay. Well, for you visitors that's here today, I'm just already giggling because if, if you knew my husband when Dr. Tim showed that video, I can hear John laughing right now, but he's in Louisville working today. So um, to add to the zaniness here, I'm going to talk about frogs, okay? So the subject is frog, and do you know what, you guys? We all need a frog. So the next time you see a frog, you'll look at that frog a little bit different. Let me tell you this little story. I was told a story about a lady in a hospital. She was very, very sick. She was almost dying, okay? And a hospital chaplain went to visit her. Do you know what a chaplain is? A chaplain is like Miss Mary, and Miss Mary's not here today. She's like the chaplain. Oh, excuse me, Mary, she's here. Miss Mary, would you tell these folks what a chaplain does? Um, a chaplain is like, a, is like Tim Hobbs, except I work for the hospital at Pittsburgh Church. Okay. And I don't preach. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. So this lady's in the hospital, and this chaplain comes to see her. And this chaplain's beautiful. She has very long blonde hair. And she talks to this lady that's sick. And she presents her a small gift, and it's a little frog, okay? The next day, one of the people from the lady's church comes to see this lady in the hospital, the one that's very, very sick. And the lady that's sick told her friend about this chaplain that came to see her, this beautiful, long-haired lady. Well, that lady was so sick, but after the chaplain came to see her, she started feeling a lot better. She felt good, and she was up talking and everything. So her friend decided that she needed to go talk to that chaplain and tell her, thank you so much for coming to see your friend. So she went all around the hospital, and she asked everybody, where's the chaplain with the long blonde hair? I really need to thank her. But everybody she stopped and asked said, we don't have a chaplain like that. All of our chaplains do not have long blonde hair. They just don't look like that. So the lady went back to the, her friend and said, there is not a chaplain in this hospital that looks like that. Well, while she's telling her that, a nurse walks in. And this nurse said, I see you were visited by an angel. And the lady said, what? And she said, I see you see you have a frog. And the nurse made the comment that um, a frog stands for F stands for fully, R stands for rely, O is on, and G stands for God. 
So anytime you see a frog, or if you have a frog, you know that you can always look at your frog and you can rely on God for everything, okay? So those times when you can't sleep, maybe you can have your frog next to you. Sometimes when you're in a situation where you're getting bullied or you just are having a really bad day, maybe if you had a frog to go to, you know that you can always look at your frog and know that God is with you no matter what, and you can fully rely on God. Now, no candy today, but I do have a couple of frog stickers. Now, before you stick these somewhere where you know you can always go to your frog, be sure and ask your parents where they want you to stick them, okay? All right. No, nothing on the furniture, the flat screen TV or all that. All right, let's say a little prayer, and then you can come up and get your frogs. Father, remind these children and all of us that no matter what happens, we can always fully rely on you, God. In your name we pray, amen. All right, come up and pick out a couple of frogs. There's a couple of really pretty colors in there. Yeah, I think we have enough for two of them. And just be careful where you stick them, okay? I do need to see the praise team when we get through. Our, our, we have some neat answers to prayer this, today and lately. We're going to have two more people sitting in with us this week, and we're excited about that. We need to talk about that because they're going to be stripping and doing our floors this Saturday, so we need to talk about another time we can go over what we're going to be doing. So if praise team can see me right after worship, I'd uh, appreciate that. And also all chaperones for passport kids. I need to give you a, a background check thing. As you know, that's a way of life nowadays. And we have to do another one on that. So see me and I'll get that to you. It's important we get that done today.
for the day that you've given us. We are thankful for each family represented here. We thank you for the blessings of life and the opportunities to serve you, Lord. We ask that you bless now the offering used to the, up, the upkeep of your kingdom, the building of your kingdom, Lord. We pray for any of those that we know that are suffering, those that are going through surgeries, difficult times. We pray that you use us to minister to those. Father, we thank you how you loved us. Go with us throughout the remainder of this week. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
I'm sure that some of you here have heard my father sing. How many of you remember hearing my dad sing? I see several hands. My father, Bailey Martin, died in 1966 in the, in the summer of that year at the age of 51. At that time, he was the music minister at Emmanuel Baptist Temple here in Henderson. My dad taught me to love music, and he showed me how to sing. I'm not sure I do very well at it now, but he showed me anyway. He, one, of the, um, one of his oft-repeated solos was, My Father Watches Over Me. And I'm going to sing that today for Father's Day in memory of my father and in honor of all the fathers here today. I trust in God wherever I may be upon the land or on the rolling sea for come what may from day to day my heavenly Father watches over me. I trust in God. I know God cares for me. On mountain bleak or on the stormy sea, Though billows roll, he keeps my soul. My heavenly Father watches over me. God makes the rose an object of his care. He guides the eagle through the pathless air, and surely He remembers me, my Heavenly Father watches over. I trust in God, I know God cares for me. On mountain bleak or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, God keeps my soul. My Heavenly Father watches over me. Thank you, Jerry. I am thankful for you, and though I never 
met your father, I'm thankful for your father because I know that much of who you are is because of who he was. Our scripture reading from for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 8. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon, the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. Jesus sent these twelve out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely shall you give. This is the word of God for you and for me. Before we begin the sermon today, let me uh, take this opportunity to once again wish all the dads in the room a happy Father's Day, because you certainly deserve a day of honor and respect. I mean, after all, fathers are kind of like Rodney Dangerfield. They just don't get much respect anymore. I remember uh, Bill Cosby observing that boys grow up spending hours upon hours upon hours throwing footballs and going to football games with their dads. And when they finally make it big on the football, the college football team and before the big bowl game, they get interviewed on the television. And what's the first thing that comes out of their mouth? Hi, mom. Yeah, fathers don't get much respect these days. But take courage, my friends, because the the news on Father's Day is not all bad. The National Center for Fathering conducts a Father of the Year essay contest every year. And in 2005, there were over 100,000 school children who submitted essays on the topic, What My Father Means to Me. Here are just a few samples of the essays from uh, past contests. One first grader writes, my dad is the best dad ever. I would kiss a pig for him. A third grader writes, my dad, uh, the dad in my life isn't really my dad. He's my grandpa. And but he's been like a dad to me since before I was born. I hope that as I get older, grandpa will teach me all the stuff that he knows about wood, first aid and everything else he knows about. My grandpa isn't my father, but I wouldn't trade him for all the dads in the world. A fourth grader writes, sometimes as a joke, I'll put my stinky socks in dad's briefcase. So so at work the next day, he will think about me. He's always at the concerts and plays that I'm in, even though he lives about an hour away. A fifth fifth grade girl writes, you know what else my dad does? He braids my hair. 
I'm the only girl I know whose dad braids her hair. I think that's a perfect dad. He already is the world's greatest dad to me. I just wanted everybody to know that. And then a sixth grader writes, One time I had an assembly and I was the soloist and my dad was in the front row. And after my song, I smiled at my dad and my dad smiled back and started crying. That was the best thing I ever saw. So be encouraged, dads. Things aren't all that bad. And yet still today, Father's Day is known as the day when grown kids all over the nation will call back home to speak to dear old dad, and they will probably call collect. If you got a Father's Day present today, I hope it was something that you can really use. Actually, dads, in monetary terms, what can our children give us that we cannot buy for ourselves? In a society as affluent as ours is, it's a real challenge to give someone something that they truly need. I mean, what do you give to someone who has everything? Now, you and I may not feel like we have everything, but think about it. Don't we basically have everything that we need? Most of the things that we want are simply bigger and better variations of what we already have. And so what do you, what do you give to people who have everything? Well, that's what I, what I want to talk about for a few moments this morning. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them the authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And then he sent them out into the into the world with these instructions. He said, do not go among the Gentiles or enter into the town of, of the Samaritans. Rather, go to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. And then he adds these very important words. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. My friends, those few words are among the most important words in all of the Bible because here is the motivation for all evangelism. And here is the motivation for all works of mercy and justice. And here is the motivation for all foreign and domestic missions. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. You know, we have received pretty freely, haven't we? We do have so much. And that's the first thing that we need to see today. We have so much, especially here in the United States of America. I was privileged when I lived in Atlanta to be a part of a ministry that reached out to new immigrants to the United States. I want to tell you something, folks. You should see the reaction of people from third world countries the first time they walk into an American grocery store. Their eyes are as big as saucers, and they cannot believe what they see. The abundance is amazing to them. I heard about one visitor from a third world country who was riding through a neighborhood when he noticed a car backing out of a garage. And he said with amazement, you even have houses for your cars. 
It reminds me of something that humorist Will Rogers once said in the midst of the Great Depression. Will Rogers, who had seen grinding poverty in other parts of the world, said of America, we will hold the distinction of being the only nation that ever went to the poorhouse in an automobile. Yes, my friends, we have so very much. And we have had so much for so long that we often take it for granted. Dr. Samuel Zumwalt tells about one of his friends who went on a mission trip to Honduras several years ago, a number of years ago. And as a result of that mission trip, her whole worldview was changed. She said, I've always felt poor since I lost my big four-bedroom house in a divorce. But then I came to Honduras and I saw how the victims of Hurricane Mitch were thrilled to have these two tiny, two little, tiny, two-room... Let me say that again here. How many twos are in there? They were thrilled to have these little two-room houses that we were building. And then she said, I came back to my 800-square-foot condominium and saw that I live in a palace compared to them. And I'm rich. And I never knew it until I went to Honduras. Well, folks, we are rich, aren't we, if we only knew it. And that's why we need to listen very closely to these words of Jesus. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. Motivational speaker Tony Robbins tells about some, something life-changing that occurred one Thanksgiving day many years ago. A young boy woke up with a sense of foreboding that morning because his family was in dire financial straits. They didn't have much to look forward to on that Thanksgiving day, just a, a meager meal, meal, not the feast that many of us enjoy. But they were too proud to ask for charity, and this led to frustration and harsh words between mom and dad. The boy was devastated to watch his mother and father become more and more angry and depressed with each passing hour. <clears throat> but then suddenly there was a loud and totally unexpected knock on the door. Standing there was a tall man that they did not know with wearing rumpled clothing and grinning ear to ear and carrying a huge basket. And in that basket was a multitude of good foods, turkey, stuffing, pies, sweet potatoes, canned goods. And the man at the door said, this is from someone who knows that you are in need and wants you to know that you are loved and you're cared for. Well, the, fa the father tried to protest, but the man holding the basket said, I'm just the delivery guy. Have a great Thanksgiving. In that brief encounter, says Robbins, this young man's life was changed. And later on, we find out that Robbins was that young man. He says the kindness of that stranger would never be forgotten. And that young man vowed that someday he would repay that grand gesture. Well, by the time he was 19 years old, he, he had begun to fulfill that promise. That Thanksgiving, when he was 19, with his own earnings, he set out to purchase groceries, not for himself, but for two families that he knew who were in need. When he arrived at the first house, he was greeted by a Latina woman with six children. 
her husband had abandoned them just two days before and they had no food. And so you can imagine the pandemonium when this young man went to his car and started hauling out the turkey and the stuffing and the sweet potatoes and the canned goods and all of the things that, that he had bought for this family. The children shrieked and the woman started exclaiming, you are a gift from God. You are a gift from God. No, said the young man. I'm just the delivery guy. A young man was sharing with others because someone else first shared with him. And folks, we are rich if we only knew it. And that's why we need to listen very closely to Jesus's words. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. And of course, when Jesus spoke these words to his disciples, he was not talking only about financial or physical blessings He was also talking about the spiritual blessings that the disciples had received through Jesus Christ. His love, his grace, his peace. And now he was asking his disciples to go out into the world and to share that faith that he had nurtured in them. He was saying to them, I have taught you these things about the kingdom of God. I have taught you that it is a kingdom of community and love. I have taught you to live a life of peace. And I have given you real joy, real abundance. I have taught you to give your life in service to others. And you are recipients of my blessings. And now it is your turn to go out into the world and to share these blessings With others. Freely you have received. And freely you shall give. Pastor Daniel Witkowski. Tells about a coffee mug. That he found in a gift shop in an abbey. And he said he paid a ridiculous price for it. But he bought it because of the inscription on the side. It reads like this. God danced. The day you were born. You are loved. You are beautiful. You are a gift of God. God's own possession. You are a gift to all humankind. God's gift of love. To them. Peter. uh, Pastor Witkowski figured. Shoot that's worth 11 bucks. And so he says, against all odds, I bought the most expensive coffee mug I've ever bought. But he claims now that that mug is one of his most valuable possessions because it reminds him of the mission of Jesus Christ. And that is to share the message with all the world that every human being is loved and every human being is beautiful and every human being is a gift of of God and a gift to humankind. Yes, my friends, you and I are loved by God. And that makes us spiritually rich if we only knew it. Folks, we have treasures that are not dependent upon the stock market. We have treasures that are not dependent upon our, the, the size of our bank accounts or the resale value of our houses. Thank goodness for that, huh? 
We are rich because we are loved. We're loved by other people. And we're loved by God. And we are particularly mindful of our family relationships on a special occasion such as Father's Day. Because to know that we are loved is the greatest gift that we can receive from a parent. But to know that we have a heavenly parent who loves us is the most wonderful gift of all. And we should live our lives in such a way that we reflect the love of our heavenly parent into the lives of those that we come in contact with every day. In 1997, a soldier in Jordan went on a rampage and shot and killed seven Israeli schoolgirls school who were on a field trip to the island of Peace, which is a park on the Jordan River between the nations of Israel and Jordan. Two of the girls were killed on the spot and the others were taken to a Jordanian hospital where they died later. And in the midst of their anguish and anger and grief, without warning, King Hussein of Jordan, the king of the country where this crazy gunman lived, left his throne, left his palace, left his very country without notifying the photographers or the journalists, and he entered into the homes of the families of those slain girls And King Hussein, in all of his majesty and grandeur, entered into each of their modest homes and fell on his face. He bowed down before them, and in each home he looked into the eyes of the mother and the fathers and the sisters and the brothers and all of the people who were grieving the loss of each of these young girls. And he said, I beg you. Forgive me. Your daughter is like my daughter. Your loss is my pain. May God help you bear your pain. And the king humbled before them, bowed down, and walked out to go back to his country and back to his sovereignty. This king, my friends, This Muslim king gave us an image of our relationship with Jesus Christ. For you see, the God of all the universe humbled himself and came into our world to show us how much he loved us. And now it's our job to take that love to others because freely we have received. And now freely we shall give. In 1996, Cal Ripken Sr. was inducted into the Baltimore Orioles Hall of Fame. And Cal Ripken Jr., the Iron Man of baseball who holds many remarkable records in the record books, was asked to say a few words about his father. And as you can imagine, it was an emotional moment as the younger man struggled to find just the right words. And finally, he decided to tell a little story about his own two children. Rachel, who at the time was six years old, and her little brother, Ryan, who was three. Seems that they had been bickering for weeks, and one day Ripken heard Rachel taunting Ryan by saying, Oh, you're just trying to be like Daddy. 
Well, after a few moments, Cal asked Rachel, what's wrong with trying to be like Dad? And when he had finished telling this story, Cal Ripken Jr. looked at his father and said, that's what I've always tried to do. And that's exactly what Christ expects out of his disciples. He expects us to try to be like Dad, our Papa, our Abba, our Heavenly Father, who freely gave himself so completely for the world. And that is our challenge today. Freely we have received, and so freely we shall give. Now, let's get with it. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, number 277, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated. There may be someone here today who needs to respond to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe you have been running away from your Heavenly Father, your Dad, your Abba, your Papa, and it's time to come back. Maybe it's time to make that commitment to God that you need to make because, my friends, you have been given so much and you have been given this at the hand of God. And I'm not talking about only financial blessings. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. God has done so much for you, whether you know it or not. And so it's time for us to make that response to give thanks to God by giving God our lives. Maybe you need to do that today and respond by reflecting that love of God into the world as you live your life in the way that God wants you to live. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church. And we invite you to come as we sing our our hymn number 277. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, let us come.